good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Cody Cuff, Hidney Cutter, dude. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victors. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Hey, Kadagi to all my friends and relatives in four directions. You are listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. We discuss local and national native news and events. And as you know, Haley, native issues are human issues and human issues are native issues. They are, Robert. This portion of the show is supported by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Hey, we are here at the mother, uh, the mother station here, AM 950 native, uh, uh, here in Eden Prairie. Yes. I can't talk. I can't talk. <laughs> I, you know, maybe I, I should go it. home. <laughs> yeah. We did make it out here. Yeah. And, uh, it's exciting because I don't think I've done a show out here since pre COVID. Mm. And we did many years here coming out to Eden Prairie and do this uh, show. And we get to look at Brett now in the control room. Hey, Brett, how's it going? I know. It's been a while since we've had you out here. I know. Good to see you guys, though. Yeah. Yeah. You look different. Your mustache or yeah. something, something, something's <laughs> different about you. But it's good to see you. And Haley, I normally see Haley because she uh, works from home, too. So it's like we're in person here. And we have uh, Robert Lilligren, who's not in person, but we got to see him earlier today. And yes. Robert... Robert's the CEO of Native American Community Development Institute. And before we pull Robert on here, let's take a quick listen to our update, Robert, with uh, Governor Evers. Hey there, Native Roots Radio. Governor Tony Evers here with my weekly update. Last month, I announced I was calling the legislature into a special session to finish their work on the biennial budget and pass real, meaningful solutions for our state's workforce challenges. And I propose my comprehensive plan to address these challenges, including expanding family leave, educating and training for future workers at our UW and Technical College campuses, and supporting high-need workforce sectors statewide. And a cornerstone of my plan included investing in affordable child care statewide and preventing our child care industry's looming collapse. It is estimated that without the necessary investments to stave off the looming fiscal cliff facing our state's child care industry, more than 2,000 child care programs are projected to close. That could result in the loss of over 4,880 child care jobs, that mean leaving more than 87,000 Wisconsin kids without child care, potentially causing about a half a billion dollars or more in economic impacts between parents leaving the workforce and reduced employer productivity. I will continue to do everything I can to stabilize our child care industry, support working families, and recruit, retain, and train a workforce that can meet the needs of the 21st century. And I'll remain hopeful that Republicans will someday get serious, put politics aside, and decide to join us in the important work of finding real solutions to the challenges facing our state. And I won't stop fighting every day until they do. Thanks for listening. Back to you, Robert, and Native Roots Radio. Hey, thanks, uh, Governor Evers, for that update. Uh, Robert, uh, geez, we we hear these updates from uh, the governor of Wisconsin, and we just are grateful uh, for how things are here in Minnesota and uh, really put some tobacco out and pray for our, our relatives in Wisconsin. Right. They're so lucky to have Governor Evers. Oh, bonjour, Haley. Bonjour, Robert. Hey. It was great to see you at Forest Sisters Farmers Market today. It was a happening spot. Yes. Today. But, but yeah, folks in Wisconsin are so fortunate to have Governor Evers. I love your connection to him and your rapport with him. And, and then he sees the value of connecting with our community through your platform here. And, and those are just chilling numbers, right? Oh. 87,000 kids. Without childcare, a loss of a half a billion dollars mm-hmm. in, uh, in revenues and uh, wages. And just wonder how people who uh, would oppose this kind of a program, you know, there's a, a legislative majority of Republicans in this yeah. country, and, you know, consider themselves family right. values and things. And here's such a fundamental way to take care of our families and such a necessary way to make sure that. Everybody has an opportunity to participate in the economy, 
in the way that they choose. Child care is so fundamental. It should just be a, a right. Right. And while we're on the topic of Wisconsin, too, I just wanted to give a shout out um, Arvina Martin, who is from Emerge Wisconsin over there. She's a fellow Ho-Chunk. So, hey, relative, we want to give a shout out to her daughter. Nico had her 15th birthday yesterday. So happy belated birthday, Nico. We hope you enjoyed your special day. Oh, yes. That, thank you. that is lovely. Hey, uh, so there's a lot to talk about and unwrap, and I know we wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the pickle contest, but I w- maybe we can do that next <laughs> next segment uh, because that's important. But we're kind of on this roll now, especially with uh, the governor giving us that report. And what's interesting, Robert, is uh, what I felt like when, when Minnesota wasn't um, a trifecta just two years ago or so, that the Republicans didn't have any answers. They just, uh, they had no ideas. They were just against things. Right, right. And, you know, kind of keep it up, right? It's hard for people to get excited about just being against stuff. And as we have a major election coming up in 2024, let's keep that up. Just be against things for a while, while the people who really want to get things done can get into office and and start things moving and and it's hard to know i mean you look at what's happening in the state level you look at what's happening in the federal level in congress where again it's just you know the party of no you know and well they say yes have, uh, when they're in a theater together i think if, right. if you know what i'm talking about there, there's uh, family you know, values going on there right yeah so representative Brobart and her <laughs> escapades and and uh yeah and so it's i don't know i strive to believe that people have good intentions even when it's someone i disagree with 100 percent or 180 but at times it it really stretches my ability to see that and you know we're careening toward a government shutdown it's pretty much inevitable now right and it's just it's interesting that the lower the people's house as we call it mm-hmm. congress just just can't get together they don't agree that you know it's a it's important to keep the federal government running well and we all know that that's playing politics you know same with uh biden's son that's playing politics uh you know, it's like the guy's in recovery now. He made some major mistakes, and one of them had to do with guns. And all of a sudden, all these right-wing wackos that like guns don't like guns all of a sudden. Right. Or they don't really know where to go, right? They're kind of, <laughs> you know, oh, oh, these are guns. Oh, should we be supportive? Or, yeah, so when you make guns rights more important than human rights... Right. And people's rights. This is kind of where you end up, and you're not on uh, solid ground. Exactly. Yeah, and I was just kind of saying because they want to go after Biden because uh, he he was a felon with a gun, and he had the gun for eleven days and gave it back. And and you know where are their gun rights now? They're not you know for for Biden's gun rights. They're just for whoever gun rights they want. Right. Right. The they're friends, right? They're, <laughs> exactly. You know, it's amazing. So, Robert, tell, tell our audience, we get new people all the time listening, uh, yeah. a little bit about yourself because I think it's important to bring that up every once in a while and, and what you've done and the, the glass ceilings you've broken over the years and what you do now uh, in helping uh, people politically and also uh, locally and, and not only politically but – you know, our community and what you're doing now. But just to give your little, uh, what word am I looking for, uh, a, uh, your bio here be- while we uh, end this segment. Well, you always say very kind things about it. So thanks very much. And so so I've been in politics for a while now, maybe 20, 25 years. I served on the Minneapolis City Council for 12 years. I was the first tribal citizen to ever get elected to office in the city of Minneapolis. I stay in the political realm through my representation on the Metropolitan Council, our regional government, once again, the first Native person to serve on that body's 50-year history. And then I just have always, from the beginning of my elected life, really made it a, a priority to bring others along and to share what I've learned. And so people, few people were willing to help me in the beginning. So I just made a determination. So I'm always kind of involved. I'm a little more behind the scenes now, but help develop 
candidates, especially women, women of color, um, and native women, but pretty much anyone that I feel like really deserves or needs the help and willing to help out. Hey, we're here with Robert Lilligren, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake. Stay with us. Unwanted sexting or photos, inappropriate jokes, even tickling or wrestling can feel like a violation. Catcalling, cornering, or groping, getting them drunk or high for sex, recording sexual acts without permission, hurting someone because of their sexual orientation, ripping a family member, a child, a date, a friend, a stranger, purchasing a human being for sex. You make the choice every single time. Sexual violence is many things. Make a choice. Do not do it. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Be a vaccinative. It's time to come together and talk about the urgent need to stay up to date on COVID-19 vaccinations to protect our heritage, our loved ones, and our future. Throughout history, we have always faced challenges, and today we must protect our culture and loved ones. This is our opportunity to ensure that our tribal gatherings once again resound with joy and celebration, where the echoes of our ancestors guide our steps. It's a chance to care for our elders, cherishing their wisdom and stories for generations to come. COVID-19 vaccines are safe and effective. Let us unite, resilient as ever, and show the world the strength of the Native American community. Together, we shape a future where our traditions thrive, our children learn from our ancestors, and our people flourish once more. So be a vaccinative and learn more about staying up to date with your COVID vaccinations at health.state.mn. That's health.state.mn.us. This message is brought to you in partnership with the Minnesota Department of Health. End-of-life decisions are not easy to make. Hi, I'm Mary T. of Mary T. Hospice Care. It's important to make sure that this difficult time is meaningful and comforting to you and your loved ones. Our hospice team provides an individualized program of physical, emotional, spiritual, and practical care so your loved one is comfortable and not in pain. At Mary T. Hospice, we understand that choosing the right hospice care provider can be overwhelming, but we're here to assist you. Learn more today at MaryTInc.com. Hi, this is Representative Sharice Davids from Kansas. I'm Ho-Chunk, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. Hey, welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake. This portion of the show is supported by Native American Community Development Institute in Minneapolis. Hey, we uh, just so happen to have the CEO of Native American Community Development Institute here on, and it's Robert Lilligren, and it's uh, it, it's Robert Lilligren Day, and I really love uh, <laughs> I really love the fact that you uh, brought up your uh, bio because you know it, it you know I don't know we're just blessed here. Um, we were on the other show earlier today, and it's just like. Our guests really make our show here, and you're a big part of that. And I hope you uh, hope you know that, Robert. Really, that uh, if it was up to me, there, I'd be the king of ums, and the we, I think we'd be canceled. Or, we'd be canceled after a couple of weeks. Yes, we love highlighting really important organizations and people in the community, leaders that are doing really great things. And you're definitely one of them, Robert. So thank you for being on thank with us. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Robert. You always say such kind things. Things that I. I probably don't deserve just to remind us and folks that you brought up my resume, yeah. not me. So, and, but I appreciate the opportunity and and to celebrate with the community, right? I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't do this for myself. No, I don't do it for the community. And, and yeah, you were kind of at the federal conversation, and there's just so much going on, right, in DC that I just I kind of want to bring you not. Know, not only are the Republicans crashing our entire government. Mm-hmm. Through their inability to pass a continuing resolution to keep the government running, and then there's you know odd thing, one-off things like uh, Senator Tommy Tuberville from Alabama and his crusade to block all kinds of appointments mm-hmm. and um, uh, uh, promotions, especially within the military, within the Pentagon. Yeah. There's some 300 nominations that he's um, stalled. Right, and so finally, Senator Schumer, the Senate Majority Leader, ran a end run around him and brought forward the confirmation of General uh, C.Q. Brown to serve as Chairman of the Chiefs of Staff. So they can 
end run around Senator Tuberville and his, you know, antics, but it takes a lot of process and procedures. So now, as it looks, for every one of those 300 appointments, we'll need to go through this protracted process of um, running around the Senate here. And it's, it's so hard to understand that a party that seems so supportive of the military, the mm-hmm. Republicans, would, would do something like this. Well, they don't want, and I could be wrong, please, please uh, correct me, but they don't want Biden's people in there in case Trump comes back and wants to take over the military because they'll tell him no. And, you know, we were so close on January 6th to have this government overthrown, and we're seeing that every day more and more by the shenanigans that Trump and his gang, including these senators that were giving a position to where Pelosi was and where the vice president was. I mean, this is crazy. And, and I think that's part of their, their game plan too. You know, I think that's very smart and very astute. Of course, Senator Tuberville's stated position is that he opposes that the military will support um, uh, military women, military personnel traveling uh, for uh, reproductive health care. So because of that one provision, he's holding up uh, all this, all these appointments. He is making us less safe yeah. from a military perspective as a country. Mm-hmm. But, but I think you're right. It's, you know, it's just generally an interest to make our president fail. Yeah. And I just I question the patriotism of that, you know, and, and, uh, and I don't feel you know, safe with, with those kinds of people in charge. But mm-hmm. That's that's who's there, right? Right. Unfortunately. Uh, well, and we right. have election, and uh, you know, I think one of the things that I believe is that we always say, as long as I've been um, voting since um, Reagan and uh, Carter was my first election, presidential election, and uh, this is the most important election. But really, this is, and the oh. things that are coming out of the woodwork, whether it's uh, false people like Joe Rogan speaking on. Uh, vaccines and government or all of a sudden now they're pounding the drum saying that Biden's too old, but yet he's only a few years older than Trump and la, 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 la. Correct. Right. (laughs) This age thing, it's interesting. The Trump side doesn't really raise that because I think there's what, two years between Trump and Biden and, uh, and yeah, the distractions, you know, Mm. the Hunter Biden hearings or even those who are leading that effort on the Republican side, acknowledge that there's no additional evidence. There's nothing new. So it's just going through the motions. And, and you hear people like Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene say, this is just to cause as much pain to Joe Biden as possible. You know, while we're on the topic of, of Marjorie Greene, I saw a very funny meme that I, I almost sent it to you, Robert <laughs> Dega. Um, it was a dog, the bounty hunter on a boat or something. And someone was like, I'm going to I'm going to tell my kids that this was uh, Taylor Marjorie Greene on her uh, fishing trip or something. <laughs> it was dog, the bounty hunter. So <laughs> that, that's good. Yeah. So it's like, first off, how do these people get into office? Right. How do they stay in office? And. And I question their commitment to the Constitution, to our democracy. And, and I always think it's kind of ironic when people like us get put into the position of defending democracy because it hasn't been that good for Native right. people overall. But you know, right. we well, have a rule of law and we understand the rules. Well, that's the thing I always struggle with, Robert, and uh, because we always used to talk about until uh, – Trump came around is that, you know, the left and the right wing came come from the same bird, but mm-hmm. it isn't that way now. And we really, we need to get the Democrats in there and then straighten them out a little more, but we won't be able to if we don't vote them in. Exactly. And, and so it's like a, not a double-edged sword, but it's really kind of a, a touchy thing because I know people aren't happy, but wow, don't be uh, wasting your vote or on a third party or any mm-hmm. of these things like that. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah, this 2024 uh, election is going to be uh, amazing. And, and kind of just turning the focus back to Wisconsin, and again, this this party, these Republicans who 
who say they stand for law and order and the rule of law and justice, and then how they're trying, they're handling their most recently elected state Supreme Court justice. Uh, and can you, I don't, I don't know how to pronounce her name. Do you know how to? State or, wait, help me, Brad. I used to say, I used to be able to say this. Oh yeah, Janet Protasewicz. Thank you. (laughs) Protasewicz. Thank you. Thank you, Brad. Like they're trying to sideline her and take away her authority is almost like impeach her before before she's even ruled on a single case. I know. Because they are so worried. And such a strategy in states like that is for Republican legislatures to to stack the deck, right? right. To change the rules of election uh, access and voting well, to favor their candidates. And, and they're so afraid that the laws will show, it, show them for what they are, which is uh, a party trying to the party that is promoting minority rule. Right. Well, Protosewicz, I got to say it right there. Uh, Protosewicz. Well done. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I just was showing off. Um, the big hope with her was to stop all this gerrymandering, and that's what you're talking about is, uh, is the minority rule. Because I don't know if you can help me out with this, but I thought I heard something like, and I don't really understand it, but in order for Democrats to win, they'd have to have 58% of the vote and Republicans with 45% of the vote. Was, isn't that something like that in Wisconsin? It's something in those mag- that magnitude, and I, I don't know the number. And, and, uh, uh, Janet won in a landslide victory yeah. because it was very much framed by her supporters, her election as protecting reproductive access to reproductive medical care, right? Yeah. Abortion access. And, and it was. The Republicans are trying to change the rules uh, through the judiciary uh, that would control uh, how how Wisconsinites voted mm-hmm. on ballot referendum, on a ballot initiative. Right. So that it would be a higher threshold uh, for a constitutional amendment than, than it has been historically in Voters responded, man, and I think they're going to keep responding that's, to the same issue. That's a great point. And uh, even some of these elections that have come up just recently nationally that are local elections, there have been Democratic landslides. So I don't believe in any of these polls. And we have people like Haley that are Gen Zs that are totally upset with this. And they don't normally get polled. So um, right. I think things are going to be... Uh, be looking good. We just got to keep on talking about it and, and make voting a tradition and, and get our people out there and really the work that you guys are doing. Cool. Haley, were you going to say something? Oh, I was just going to say we need more Native people in office. So if you are thinking of running, um, check out any Emerge program, right. as Arvina talks about. So Emerge.org. And Nadke, right. Nadke yeah. um, Robert Lilligren helps many people too. Uh, I know on the side you don't talk a lot about that, but uh, I know you've helped me and you've helped many politicians, and you are helping uh, politicians now uh, to run because it's well, and it's a it's a hard uh, road to toe if you don't have a mentor like yourself. Very kind, very kind, and uh, and Haley's generation is now the largest voting block. They seem to be the largest voting block in this country. Proud proud to be a part of it. Great. Our fate is in your hands. So. She's looking at me kind of funny. I think she wants to take the show over now that you said that. But, uh... Next generation is here. <laughs> I love it. Hey, I you're listening it. to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake and Here with Robert Lilligren. And we're spending the whole show with Robert and really excited to, to talk about things. We'll be right back after this short break. Stay with us. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. 
Minnesotans age 65 plus might qualify for Health Partners Minnesota Senior Health Options. The plan includes personal support, coverage for medical prescription drugs and dental, plus over 30 extra benefits. Eligibility information is available at healthpartners.com slash one plan. Health Partners is a health plan that contracts with both Medicare and the Minnesota Medical Assistance Medicaid program to provide benefits of both programs to enrollees. Enrollment in Health Partners depends on contract renewal. You work hard for every cent you make. You have bills and you have goals. Choose a bank that's going to support you along the way. That's fair financial banking. No overdraft fees, no minimum balance. No credit score required. Call 651-262-2173 to talk to a fair financial enroller to open your account today. Keep more of your money. That's fair. Fairfinancial.org. Fair is a program of Prepare Plus Prosper, a nonprofit organization and is not a bank. Banking services are provided by Sunrise Banks N.A., member FDIC. Is your remote workforce putting your company at risk? Cyber criminals are targeting your employees with COVID-19 inspired emails and attacking businesses like yours. Hi, Mark Sommerfeld from Rymark. Rymark has the tools and expertise to enable your employees to work securely from home. If you need help getting your staff to work remotely and securely, call 651-328-8900 or go to rymarkit.com. That's 651-328-8900 or rymarkit.com. From chasing fall colors on a scenic road trip to epic hikes, fall festivals, apple orchards, or long hours on a patio, fall in Minnesota offers clear blue skies, an endless tapestry of color, and unmatched beauty, perfect for setting the stage for any colorful adventure. Plan your dream trip at exploreminnesota.com. Sponsored by Explore Minnesota, aired by the Minnesota Broadcasters Association and this station. I love my Toyota vehicles, so when I have to get service done, there's only one place I go. Rudy Luther Toyota. They know Toyota's inside and out. It starts with them checking your alignment and tire treads with their Hunter Quick Check Drive Inspection Service. Oil changes, tires, batteries, wipers, no matter what you need done, they can help you with reliable Toyota parts and the best service team in Minnesota. Check out their website, RudyLutherToyota.com, for service and parts specials just for Toyota vehicles. Get your Toyota serviced at Rudy Luther Toyota, 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. Would you let animals pick your insurance? Do you really need to experience mayhem to get the best rates? Or how about a celebrity quarterback or fake university saving you money? There's a lot of marketing stunts when it comes to insurance, but what you really need is someone looking out for you. Call Array Insurance, and they will work hard to find you the best insurance coverage and rates. So avoid gimmicks and call Cheryl at Array, 763-504-3067 or ArrayInsurance.com. Array Insurance, working hard for you. With your AM 950 weather, I'm Brett Johnson. Look for clear skies tonight with a low around 59, Friday partly sunny with a high near 75, and Saturday a chance for thunderstorms with a high near 72. If you're craving barbecue, then don't drive too fast or you'll miss Scott Jamama's Hot Barbecue located at 3 West Diamond Lake Road in Minneapolis. Scott Jamama's offers mouth-watering baby back ribs, grilled chicken, and half-pound pulled pork sandwiches. Find their menu and more at scottjamamas.com. Anine, I'm Lieutenant Governor Peggy Flanagan, and you are listening to Native Roots Radio. We are Alusa Nation. Hey, welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. Yes, this portion of the show is supported by All My Relations Art Gallery, located on 1414 East Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis. Hey, we're here with Robert Lilligren, and uh, it's a Thursday, and we're uh, blessed to have Robert on, and he's going to be on the whole show here. And uh, we're talking politics right now, and I think uh, one of the, th- the the things that we've seen a little bit on our chat here on Facebook and YouTube is that People are upset that uh, we only have uh, Biden and Trump. Um, And I I just got to say this, Robert, and I don't know if you agree or not, but I feel like Biden's been one of the most progressive uh, presidents that we've had probably in the last 40 years. And one of the first things he did was uh, to shut down uh, the mining in the Enbridge the second day of his presidency and does a lot of things for Native Americans and I just think that uh, Democrats are having problems in a sense of really getting the word out of what is really going on in in a good way with the Biden administration. 
Yeah, I agree. And I, and, and some of that's just the nature of the beast, right? How media happens and where people go for their, for their news. And, and then some of it is kind of getting that message out. And I think especially around the economy and you know, there's kind of this general sense that this administration has been bad for the economy, but when so many indicators, you know, things are, are actually um, looking up for the economy. I mean, it's, it's still painful. Uh, prices are too high, interest rates are too high, but the economy overall, unemployment or employment, I guess I should say, overall, the statistics are good. And, you know, and, and I'm not the type of person that, lo- you know, loves having to pick between sort of the lesser of two evils, but I, I just don't mm-hmm. think that's the case here. And, you know, you look at our Biden's running mate, you know, a historic vice president mm-hmm. and, you know, and the appointments that he's made is the Supreme Court who he supports into the federal courts. I, I just think there's a lot of good there. And, you know, before this last election, or actually before 2016, there was so much conversation about the makeup of the Supreme Court. And, mm-hmm. and at the time, it seems kind of removed from who you're going to vote for. But we learned our lesson, right. I hope, there. And and we're suffering from it. We you know of a Supreme Court that cannot dispense justice for a majority of Americans. And, and there's very little we can do about it. Well, and, you know, you see what's happening right now, who the Russians and uh, the oil people want as president. They're they're raising uh, gas prices, and this is not because Biden's doing a terrible job as president. It's because uh, they want Trump or somebody else in there. Right. Foreign interference in our elections. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm sort of a conspiracy theorist, but not, not the biggest one I know. <laughs> uh, you know, I just look at 2016. <laughs> I just look at 2016, and you know that was the result of foreign interference in right. elections. And then you look at what happened on January 6th, and that's just an outcropping of of that. You know, it's an entire not just class of people in this country, but internationally that do not want our democracy to succeed. Right, and then you have you know our own people saying outright lies about what Biden's done, whether it's, uh, you know, he's caught more people at the border than Trump. And it's like, well, that's a good thing, isn't it? I mean, (laughs) I mean, all these things that they're they're turning into an upside down world and people are listening to it because, uh, you know, we all have kind of a contrarian kind of attitude uh, that's built in all of us. And uh, but um, if you if you bullet point everything that he's done, uh, you know, and you, when you're president, you have all these other people working for you. Right, right. You're steering a lot, right? Not right. just your White House administration, but uh, but all of these executive uh, agencies, right? your cabinet, your all of your secretaries. Mm-hmm. So it's a huge amount of power. Right, and in general, people have uh, inherent distrust of power, which is not a bad thing. And, uh, you know, it keeps that sort of balance, hopefully, in government. And, you know, and just the more I learn as I go on my journey here about sort of indigenous ways of, of supporting leaders, leadership, and, you know, more of a trust bond or almost like family bond there, it's, I think indigenous people in indigenous ways, it's your earlier point here, we may have more indigenous people in office that we could possibly re- be reframing. So this mm-hmm. just trust of powerful elected people is, is part of us as people, part of our culture. And then how do we um, move beyond that so we can hold our elected leaders accountable without shredding the whole system? Yeah, I mean, that's it in a nutshell, right? Right. It really is. We have all these old men running the country for how many years? I'm still, you know, I'm 25, uh, haven't seen a woman in presidency yet. I'm still waiting. You know, I remember Obama's election and the difference uh, between when Obama was elected and the difference between when Donald Trump was elected. So, these are just kind of my experiences, but I mean, I can't remember how old I was when Obama ran. But, um, you know, it was a school night. I remember my mom woke me up in the middle of the night and she goes, 
Obama won. And, you know, I was maybe like 10 years old or something. And I was just so, so excited to have um, our first, you know, black president. I was beyond thrilled. I was so excited for the country. And then come, you know, Donald Trump's election is uh, my freshman year of college. And um, when he was elected and I voted, um, obviously not for him. Um, but, you know, our college professors like um, broke down and cried the next day in class and and canceled classes. So the difference is, I mean, right. pretty wild. Right. So President Obama was elected in 2008, and I was then, what, 48 years old, I guess, so long ago. But he was not only was he the, for me, you know, he was the first black president for all of us. Mm-hmm. For me, he was the first president that was younger than me. Right. And I loved it. I'm like, wow, this is so cool. I can't wait, you know, for the next ones. And of course, no, that's not what we're seeing. We're kind of back to the the historical status quo. Mm -hmm. But but I, you know, it'll it'll happen again. It has to. It's -hmm. a numbers game, right? Elections are a numbers game. If people get out and vote, Mm -hmm. we can control those outcomes. Yeah. Determine them. How do we how do we get to our our people to vote? I know you guys have been doing a lot of things and making voting a tradition and and yeah. and that's so important and and I have to say this the last two uh cycles have really in the last presidency too over the country have been really um these votes in Michigan and Arizona and Minnesota have really been the native vote they have been. And I think there's a growing awareness amongst uh, political parties, especially state political parties, that uh, Native votes can swing elections. And votes can be won, uh, especially statewide votes, by such narrow margins. And and so now parties are paying attention, right? And mm-hmm. I think I've shared this with you. I'm wearing my brand new 2023 Make Voting a Tradition t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've gone with pink this year. And uh, we... Uh, we were part of a seven state strategy in 2022 where states where it was identified native votes could swing them. Mm-hmm. And so we did coordinated strategies, coordinated voter outreach and engagement. And, you know, the work that we do at NACTI, we have significantly increased vote, native voter turnout within the city of Minneapolis. And even in our region, we're starting to work statewide now and starting to make, uh, build relationships and partnerships with our tribes that aren't in the metro area. And uh, and it's we do it in a multi generational approach, and we really focus on young people, sixteen, seventeen year olds who can now be pre registered in our state, eighteen year olds, and then elders, mm-hmm. right, and make sure that together um, the whole family understands the importance of voting, and the whole family goes to vote uh, together. And we have some data from the last elections about. You know, did you vote? Who did you go with? Mm. You know, did you take your your kids, your adult, you know, your elders, and and it's really satisfying and kind of hopeful to see to see what's happening in in our little world. Yeah, well, and you were part of the, and I love bringing this up. Your organization was part of that massive nine thousand uh, people that were. Uh, uh, signed to vote for the first time up in Indian country, up in Red Lake area, up there. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a huge, huge game changer. It was, and it'll be interesting to see how that all evolves up there. So for folks who are listening from some places, Minneapolis is in the sort of uh, southeastern part of Minnesota or south-central part of Minnesota and east-central. And then the re- the bigger reservations are up north. And so uh Make Voting a Tradition was involved in our uh, redistricting of the mm-hmm. last uh, census. And uh, for the first time up north, there's a congressional district that has a majority of the reservations, the three big reservations within the within the congressional district. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that's just a matter of time, right? Right. Before, before we start flipping that. So it's it's kind of, you know... There's these submerged things that are actually kind of encouraged. Yeah, and uh, with that in mind, too, uh, Native candidates uh, can come out of there and get support. And, uh, 
you know, we, we've had a few give it a shot and uh, come really close. And uh, so now we have more power because and, – and that's the thing that the Republicans are trying to take away places like uh, – Michigan, specifically Detroit, get rid of uh, representation, gerrymander them out. Right. Right. And there's maps out Georgia, you know, right. throughout the South and things where uh, re- congressional redistricting maps are being thrown out by judges. Yeah. Judges appointed by, you know, all different parties. And we're yet to kind of figure out what impact that's going to have on the congressional majority in. 2024 and i would say it's looking hopeful yeah right mm-hmm. the law is actually kind of expressing itself the, the maps might just take care of that yeah. majority in the longer run. that's amazing that's totally amazing hey we're here with robert lilligren and i think we'll talk a little bit about what native american community development institute uh does and also the great pickle off today and talk a little bit about that because I had my favorite, but no one would tell me who it was or what the secret recipe was. So I got, <laughs> I got butt hurt at uh, butt there, but I got a bunch of pickles. They were good. They were awesome. Hey, we'll be right back. This is Native Roots Radio presents. I'm awake. Back to school season is here. And while this is an exciting time for parents, kids, and educators, let's not forget how far we've come in our battle against COVID-19. We're in a better place, but COVID-19 is still here, and we need to continue to help protect our communities. With the flurry of new schedules and classrooms, let's not overlook the fundamentals of staying safe. Wash your hands regularly and watch for any symptoms like fever, chills, a cough, or shortness of breath. Should you or someone you know have COVID-19 symptoms, stay home and get tested. Find more tips on continuing to be safe at health.state.mn.us. Let's have this back-to-school season be a time of renewed commitment to our collective health and brighter future for our Native communities. Again, find more tips on continuing to be safe at health.state.mn.us. This message is brought to you in partnership with the Minnesota Department of Health. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's, Let's live, live and, and let howl. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. You're listening to Native Roots Radio. This is Spirit from Reservation Dogs. Get up and listen. Hey, welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm Awake and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. How? <laughs> the pack we, we got everybody i know i had to join you on that one now that you're here yeah. right on that was a good one <laughs> hey uh it was funny to hear from dallas goldtooth who was uh arrested uh in washington dc mm. protesting uh uh leonard, leonard. peltier uh re- on his birthday and i uh, just got to give him a shout out and i i watched uh reservation dogs and it was a very emotional one for me and i think a lot of people i, I don't want to give it away yeah because, don't yet <laughs> but uh you know, um, we're going to miss that show, yeah. and hopefully, there's some spinoffs. Mm-hmm. So we're here with Robert. And, and, uh, Leonard Peltier Caravan came through Minneapolis. Oh, go ahead. On its way to DC, yeah, they had a, a big community event and rally. Our organization, NACTI, supported that supported the effort here, and you know, that was important. And I, I can, yeah, 
Um, I'm interested to know who else got arrested. I know there was there was 35 number. people. Yeah, I know the president of. Um, Ooh, who was it? I'm not going to be able to remember it now. Oh, um, Nick Estes. Yeah. Uh, Indian okay. Collective. Indian Collective president. He got arrested uh, a bunch a bunch of people. And I, I, again, every time what's happened since there's been a, a Leonard Peltier march through the cities, I've been in New York. So that's why uh, you didn't see me. And uh, I really felt bad because – you know, I was able to interview him about a year ago, and you hear his, right. and I begged him to do a uh, a bumper for us, and so you hear him on the show, so we remember him all the time, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, um, but yeah, good work, and uh, there's some young warriors that have taken this up, and we had uh, Rachel on, um, who did yeah, the walk Rachel to D.C. Yeah. yeah, Rachel Dion Thunder. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so there's a lot of good warriors and doing good things out there, and uh and again, that you know, I think this is kind of the light part of the show. But let's talk a little bit about uh, the pickles sure. today. You know, yes. <laughs> it was a big deal. Oh, did you hear that? A big deal. Kind of a big deal. Oh my god! <laughs> Why didn't so, I think of that? Uh, our organization had, does some uh, food access uh, initiatives. We have uh, urban farm right in the area. And then we have our Four Sisters Farmers Market, which is a signature project of NACD. And every Thursday uh, from June to October, through October, we have our uh, pickle, or our, we have our farmer's market. And today, now for the second time, we partnered in holding a pickle contest, a mm. pickle off, mm. we call it. And people love it. Mm. And it was, we're looking to make it an annual event now been a couple of years since we've done it but yeah. it was great to see you Haley and robert there i'm glad you got to try some mm-hmm. uh, this year we just had two categories it was a little scaled back we had dill and sort of other specialties <laughs> and it's great in the um our uh, the dill category was done <laughs> by a really recognized uh, leader uh dr erdrick here in um here in Minneapolis, she works at Indian Health Board, which uh, is great. And she, or Angela Erdrich is her name. She's a, from a very prominent family in Minneapolis of Turtle Mountain mm-hmm. sisters. That includes uh, Louise Erdrich, the novelist, Hyde Erdrich, the poet, wow. Dr. Erdrich. So, so she won in the Dill category, uh, which was great. And then in the other category, or the not Dill category, a community member uh, named... Uh, Alita Loveless, uh, mm. one in the Nato category. And so it was just, it was really fun and people were really into it. That's community. That's building community. And I know a lot of people were excited and it's just going to get bigger and bigger. And uh, I was able to get there and uh, sample that before we came out to the station. And yeah. uh, I'm, I love it. I, I did we too. Had, we had something like 20 community members apply to be judges. I think we only needed four. So funny. Yeah, I'll so, apply next yeah. year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, you'd be welcome. Maybe you could broadcast. Have a yes. Great pickle contest. We'll have to preempt uh, Tom Tom uh, uh, Tom Hartman, <laughs> but we'll do it. Yeah. yeah it's so that was just great. And the market was great today. I mean, the vibe is so positive. It is community building. Right? Mm-hmm. That's really what our organization, Native American Community Development Institute, NACD, is about. And, you know, it's kind of it's kind of hard to measure things like that. You know, it's not like we're producing widgets or something. Yeah. We can say we produce external widgets. Yeah, but the true. sense of community, the sense of, you know, community expression. I'm kind of full of this thinking because this week our organization, NACTI, did a two-day staff and board retreat of strategic planning, you know. And, and that kind of gets your brain yeah. working in a in a different way and so now i'm just feeling like i'm well, full of ideas and new vocabulary i want to say peeny gigi for those uh sandwiches left over from your uh, meeting too i appreciate that <laughs> yeah but, shout out alex buffalo had <laughs> yeah, for those uh, right, right out of your right out of your fridge those little egg sandwiches <laughs> but you know We're one thing to keep you fed. <laughs> one thing i know uh by going as often as i have you'll see people there uh that are there every week but 
I see people that I don't see in a long time, and there's right. a big percentage of people that come up maybe once a month or, or one time, and that's community building as heck. It's huge community building, and I'm glad you brought that up. The last year or so, it, that's been the case. I see all these people that I've never seen before. <laughs> yeah. And it's not like I know everybody in the world, but right. you know, we're a fairly small community. And right. So it's always where we're often younger people, which mm-hmm. which I just love, and there's a place for them to go, right? It's mm-hmm. kind of a happening scene on the American Indian Cultural Corridor. Yeah. So it's great. and. And then we also do provide food access to the community, not just Native people, but everyone. And we have a couple of programs that leverage uh, SNAP dollars. So a three-to-one leverage, if you bring your SNAP dollars, you get two extra dollars and certificates and things. And so so sometimes homegrown, organically grown produce can be kind of expensive or products, but we're creating accessibility through these um, generously subsidized programs. And we remind it's open to everyone in the community, too. That's what's so cool. I ran into two people that listened to the show and came because of the show. <laughs> and it's like I they looked at that. me and said, your voice sounds very familiar. And I get that a lot. And it's like I played yeah. coy. You know, Robert, I was coy. Yeah. It's like, what, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was over in St. Paul last week at the uh, great event for the Walk on Teepee project. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maggie Lawrence, the brilliant leader who who heads that up, and people came up to me and said, "Oh yeah, I listened to you on on the radio. It's lovely to hear you talking." It's like great. Yeah, <laughs> we have fans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, the first time I I ran into that, I was like, "What? People listen to my show?" You know, six years ago, but now it's fun sure. because. You know, places like the fair or, you know, the Four Sisters Market, when people are out there, they come because of what they've heard from you and other people about it and also um, listening to the show. And that's really heartwarming because we, when COVID came out, I just got to say this quick story before we end the show. We worked with a a Native community uh, about the hotline with COVID. Hmm. And they had to hire eight more or four more operators because people across right. the country, and this was the only station they were uh, advertising on. And yeah. so there was, a, there was a lot of people listening and, and wondering and wanting to ask questions all over Turtle Island. So it's great to, ha- great to have this forum to, to educate our allies and also talk to our relatives. You're here. I appreciate you. Both, Robert, I appreciate everything you do to, uh, to provide this platform. Definitely. It's important. Yeah. It is. Well, hey, thanks, uh, Robert, for being on My and pleasure. doing the whole show with us. It's, it's. I know you're a busy person, so we appreciate your time. And uh, you make the show and make Thursdays. Haley, always thank you. And Brett, thank you. If you're listening to the show, you're part of the resistance. We're still here. We are the seventh generation. Free Leonard Peltier. No. No. <laughs>